as we're singing that song and we're praying for the church tonight, I couldn't help but think that, you know, the church is the bride of Christ. And I wonder how many times Jesus um, was jealous over her bride because she was going after other lovers. And so Jesus, tonight, we just come to you as your bride and we, we ask that you would forgive us for not putting you first, for not loving you as we should, for actually putting other loves before you. And Lord, I pray that we would return to you in all humility. And we would fix our eyes on you. And not be distracted by other loves that we would not allow anything to come between us and you. God, as the church, so many times we, we put things in front of you. We, we tried to do things our own way. We, we came up with our own plan, and it wasn't your plan. And so, Lord, I pray that 
that you would help the church to return to a place where our hearts are, are completely devoted to you. That we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. We would know how to rest in you. We would know how to trust you with all of our hearts. And God, I thank you that you are waiting with open arms to receive us back again. Oh, how you long for us to return to you. And as we do, that you will make us the force in this world that you created us to be, that we would be a powerful force in a world that desperately needs to see you, God. The God of impossibilities, the God who sees and knows, who makes everything new, who knows how to transform even the, the most broken life. God, you know how to restore and to heal, to transform. Lord, tonight we just come before you. We humble ourselves and we say, God, we, we need you. We definitely and desperately need you. But we not only need you, we desire you. We want you. We long for you. Even as the deer pants for the water brook, so our soul thirsts for you, God, for the living God. Thank you. I just want to encourage people to come up and pray and just pray whatever's on the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. I know what I know a couple things. Is one is that Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. And he is going to get us there. Well, we have to come screaming and kicking, we're gonna get there. The other thing I know is that he loves us. He loves us so much that he laid down his life so we could have one. And so, Father, I just thank you that we find that balance between grace and faith. We don't go around thinking it's okay. And, oh, newsflash, he still hates sin. Yeah. He still hates sin. 
And so, Father, I, I know I'm not perfect, and I do things that try not to do them deliberately, but I just thank you that you show us how to bring our bodies into subjection to your word. I know that we can do that through your word as we study it. I thank you, Father God, that you have raised up apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, and some of them have not heeded the call because they're the ones that are supposed to be equipping us, arming us so that we can go out and preach the gospel. And so I thank you tonight, Father God, that you just, Holy Spirit, that you just fall on those that you've called to this ministry, not this one, but the church of Jesus Christ. The ones who are supposed to be teaching and preaching and evangelizing in that office. But I also thank you that you fall on those ones who are the foot soldiers who go out into the workplace, into the hospitals, to the byways, to the highways, live their lives in front of people and preach the gospel with words when they need to. But Father, I, I, I keep going back to the upper room when people, they waited for your Holy Spirit to fall and they didn't go out without power. And so I thank you that your place, Holy Spirit, in the church is restored. I pray that the churches in America are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we speak in tongues and are not ashamed of it, that we walk in power and are not ashamed of it because it's you who works through us, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the very youngest to the very oldest, that the Church of America would be great again because you are at the helm, you are at the head, and we listen and stop and listen for your voice, that we don't move without your command. No matter how small the task or how great the task, we would listen for our marching orders. We just love you, Lord. You're awesome. Everything in your word, everything we need is in here. How to live, how to love, how to govern. Just thank you for your word. I, uh, I just feel really, uh, you know, as Linda was praying there, I just feel in my spirit that, that um, 
you know, that there's a, a great possibility that someone might be watching right now online or, and by the way, we welcome you online. Um, and there, there could be someone who sees that this video at a later date. And um, you, you don't know Jesus yet. You don't know the beauty and the glory and the wonder of being in a relationship with God personally. And I just, I just want to describe something and see if maybe this might be you. You know, if we can go by the statistics that we're hearing right now that Americans report that about 37% of us do not have a friend. We do not have a close friend. We don't have companionship and we're lonely and we're, we're just trying to navigate life all by ourselves. And, you know, for all kinds of reasons, we may be single, we may be single again, we may be divorced or we might be widowed, we might be just abandoned. I, I, for all kinds of reasons, we just don't have a friend. And the scriptures teach us that Jesus is a friend that stays with us and is closer than even a brother or a sibling could be. Closer, in fact, you know, uh, God, when he was saying to Israel, you know, like, I'm like your father, and it is possible for earthly fathers or mothers to forsake their children, but I would never forsake you. And, and, and that's why he sent us Jesus. And I just want you to know that if you've never called on Jesus, you, you really ought to do it, especially if you're feeling broken and lonely. You're, you're just, you feel all alone. And life has no meaning. It has no purpose. It just seems like if there's a God, you know, he must be on the other side of the universe from you. If there's a plan, it must be something that is hidden from you. If there's any good in the world, it must be something that was never, um, you were never given a chance at. But I want to tell you right now is your chance. This is an opportunity. I, I feel the Spirit of God just compelling me to tell you that Jesus loves you and he died. He died the death that you couldn't die. He died for you so that you might not only be forgiven of sin and be brought back into relationship, but that you could be brought into the family. You can, you know, you can be loved by Jesus like your, like your elder brother or like your, 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 your bridegroom, like, you know, your husband, or, or you, you could be brought into the family and, and know the father as a father. In either case, Jesus is appealing to you. He's calling to you. And he's only as far away as your breath. The breath that you have was lent to you from God himself. And Jesus is as close as the next breath. So I'm going to just ask you, if, you, if no one's ever asked you, or if you haven't heard today, or if, if you're one of those people, like sometimes you feel like you just get up and you go to the refrigerator, you're hungry for something, but you... But nothing in that refrigerator sounds appealing. 
or you go to some kind of a meeting or some kind of a shopping center or some place where you're hoping to find friendship or companionship and you get there and you and you feel emptier than before if you started a new job and as soon as you got it just like this is not it you you bought a new house or car or laptop or whatever and you thought it would bring you joy and it didn't if you met a new friend and you thought this was going to be it you made a made a good connection and you thought that this could be the one it could be a lifetime friend or companion and in a short while found out it wasn't if you're weeping tonight I want you to know that Jesus is also weeping he's weeping for you to come to him so call on the Lord. Just cry out to Jesus. Call on Jesus, and he will receive you. He will accept you. Why don't you just pray with me right now? Jesus, I repent. I, you were standing there all along waiting for me, and I never gave you a chance. And I've been doing life but it's been without you. Been doing life without you. And yet you were the one I needed all along. I was always trying to find love. I was always trying to find friendship or relationship or companionship or something that was missing. And you were the one all along. Please forgive me for waiting this long. And forgive the sins that separate us the ones you died for and take me by the hand Jesus I call on your name I cry out to you I receive you will you receive me I call on you because you're calling on me I'm looking to you because you're looking for me And with this breath that you have lent to me, I confess, Jesus, you're my Savior, you're my Lord. You're my companion, you're my God, you're my Father. You're the author and the finisher of my life. You gave all your life for me, now I give all my life for you. I accept you knowing that you've already accepted me. You know, and if you're calling on the Lord, I'd love it if you let us know that because we'd like to help you. We'd like to help you to, to figure out how, how do we follow Jesus, you know. Get a book, get a, get a Bible, I mean, get a Bible and start reading the gospel, start reading about Jesus reading who he is, what he's done, what he's said, what he's promised, and start this journey. And, you know, call us or write us or email us, text us, uh, let us know. Or even maybe you want to visit one of the services and you want to just come up and, and tell, tell me, I'm Pastor Rich. Say, Pastor Rich, I accepted, I accepted Jesus tonight. You gave me the chance to do so. I'd love to meet you. 
Can I just tell you something really, really quickly? I was in our local food pantry today working there with them. And my heart was broken by, by the people who are just ordinary people. People broken. People, their bodies are broken. Their families are broken. And they're so grateful for a little bit of extra food. And I, I just want you to know there's so much more than extra food. There's so much more. And I believe that God is raising up a host of people who are like the nobodies, the people that have been discarded, the people that others have given up on, the people that others have written off. I really believe that Jesus is raising up like a whole company of people that fit that category. And I just want to say, whether you're wealthy or poor, whether you're beautiful or not so beautiful, you're beautiful to him. You're beautiful to Jesus. And he loves you and he wants you and he wants to bring you into a family and let you know. And by the way, I want to speak to some of you who've given up on the church. You know what I'm talking about, but you've just given up on the church right now. It's like it was too hard. It was too painful. Can I tell you why the church was painful? It's because we're broken people. And the fact that we need a Savior is well documented. So why don't you just give him a try again? And if, if someone hurt you, I'm so sorry for that. If it was me, I really am sorry for that. And I apologize. If it's someone else, I apologize for them. But can I just tell you that we're all on a journey. We're very broken people. And we need a Savior. That is the point. We need a Savior. His name is Jesus. And we welcome you back home. We welcome you back home. And Father, I just pray for those have who, who have just... They've just disregarded church. They gave up on it. And I know why. I get it. I understand it. But Lord, you're doing something new in your bride. You're doing something fresh, something real, something that's alive. And that's what we're praying about tonight, Lord, is that this bride would be as she ought to be and that she would become who she should be in this world. So, Lord, I just thank you for Linda. She is just such a, a beautiful friend and such a tremendous warrior and such a tremendous guide to us. And we thank you for her life, and we celebrate her and the, and the prayer that she is leading tonight and the charge that she's called for. We hear the charge, and we're calling on the Lord tonight together and so help us we pray to be the people that we ought to be and those who've given up don't give up try again get up and go again get up and go again Jesus will help you he is faithful can I tell you I've been around the church a while and I've had my problems with her too but you know what I'm just as broken as anyone else, but Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus has healed me. And not only is that, he's, he's saved me. And I, I'm going to just tell you, for all these years since I've received him, he's never disappointed me. I, I, I've never been disappointed by Jesus. It's Jesus is not the problem. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's the people he's working with. Why don't you just come and join us? Broken people to broken people, why don't we just take each other's hand and help each other get through this uh, this journey that Jesus has called us to? Amen.
to say, I just love Rich and Judy. <laughs> they bring so much to the table. I just had a milestone birthday. And I have to say, I, I'm actually enjoying it. <laughs> I don't know why people grumble when they hit 70 because I am uh, I think I'm just starting what God wants me to do I'm not sure uh, uh, I love the I love the gospel I love the call of salvation and so those who heard rich I just want to encourage you to say yes to him say yes to Jesus there's nothing better in life. And even when you aren't walking with him, and I can attest to this at looking back over the years of my life, he still, he still rescues us because he loves us. I want to change focus just a little bit here. We are in a battle it's a spiritual warfare but our weapons of warfare are not carnal but mighty from God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and we have to remember that because Satan goes around looking for whom he can devour and it seems lately he's been devouring a lot but we have to say, that's it, no more. And so, I, I want to make a statement first, just because this is a sensitive subject. And a lot of women have had abortions. I just want you to know that you're forgiven. Just turn to Jesus. He poured out his blood and he forgave you. I just want you to turn to him. If you've had an abortion and you're suffering with guilt, shame, or you've said, oh, it doesn't matter because deep down inside you knew it did. There's healing in him. There's healing in his arms. He loves you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Just turn to him. But we have a crisis in our nation. I call it a crisis. We've murdered almost 60 million babies from 73 till now. And oddly, a third of them, almost a third of them are black children. I don't know what the proper term is anymore for people of color. But the black community has succumbed to abortion as a means of birth control or pressure. I don't know. And men, I have to tell you that you're forgiven as well. Those of you who haven't wanted that child, who didn't want to be a father, who said it's okay, just go take care of it. Jesus has forgiven you as well. But I want us to pray about that and seek the Lord's heart. We know that he does not want our children to be aborted. 
He wants them to live. He has a future and a hope for them as well. And there's a chance now for another Supreme Court justice to be put in place and the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned. The fight will then go back to the states. And so the battle really has just begun. But we know God's heart on this. And so, Father, first of all, I ask you to forgive us such a great, great sin of killing our babies and then passing laws to say it's okay if they survive it to kill them. Where we've lost our minds. We've lost the fear of the Lord. We think that it's okay because it's nothing in our bodies. No, it's part of you. It's part of God. He's God breathed life. So we're crying out for people to change their minds, change their hearts. Seek your word on this. Seek your face on this. Not just the divide over party lines but to come to your word and see what your word actually says to put your word first to put Jesus first and not our own selfish ambitions whatever drives the, the abortion industry which is money and power we need to tear down those strongholds so father we ask for strategies to do that tonight, to stop abortion, to stop the money machine. And I know you've already have people out there working on this, but did you give them God-breathed strategies to end this travesty? Well, I just encourage people to come and pray. So I just um, want to pray real quick the very last verse of the Old Testament, Malachi 4.6. Um, just kind of want to pray. 
paraphrase it. So he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So I just want to pray against the spirit of um, family brokenness that can sometimes lead us down the path to abortion and to do other things that very much hurt the father's heart. And um, I just, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's the very last verse in the Old Testament before he gives us the good news. So just, I just want to pray against that spirit of family brokenness because there's, there's, I don't think there's a bigger curse on our nation than the curse of fatherlessness. You know, the fatherless home is a very, um, it's a very empty home. It feels very lonely for the kids. And, um, but I just want to give reassurance that even if you are growing or living in a fatherless home, that um, when you come to know Jesus, he becomes your husband. He becomes the father. He becomes your children's father. So you don't need to be fatherless. You don't need to be husbandless. And I've never been married, so I can't say this for sure, but I'm pretty sure he's the best husband you could ever hope for. Um, it's just encouraging the nation to adopt Jesus as its father because we're so fatherless here <laughs> but there's hope so thank you
Can wash away our sin. What can make us whole again? It's your blood. It's your
just not your co-worker. <laughs> you know, um, because of God, of Jesus shed blood, and we've accepted him, we have right standing with him. And he says we can come boldly before his throne, and we can ask anything according to his word, and it will be done. Well, I know some things that he wants. He wants everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I know that. <laughs> I know that he has good things in store for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans for good. We have to cooperate. We have to listen to his heart and do what he says. It's called obedience. <laughs> Sometimes that's not fun, but the result is always more than you bargain for on the good side. It's awesome how he does it. I know there's times when I've been a brat. I'm talking about one of God's brats. And he's uh, done something that would... I would say, God, why did you do that? Because I didn't deserve it. But he looks at me through the blood of Jesus. And I look like Jesus. You know, Revelation says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of our testimony. I'm here to testify that we serve a good God. We serve the only God, the living and the true God. All his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. In him there's no shadow of turning. He cannot lie. His word is true. And in the end, he will establish a new Jerusalem. And I, for one, want to be part of that. So if you're watching tonight or you're just saying, oh, what the heck. I just want you to give God a challenge and say, if you're real, I want you to reveal yourself to me. Because you know what? He will. And he'll do it in a way that will surprise you. It could be a friend. It could be something in the sky. It could be anything. Because God is a God of surprises. You think you know him, and he reveals another facet of who he is. He's just such a loving God, but he's a just God. He hates sin because of what it does to us. It separates us from him, and he loves us. He doesn't want to be separated from us. So I'm coming boldly before your throne, Lord, and I'm asking you to save our nation, to save the church in America, to bring us back to a place of gratitude and praise, obedience, and that we would not love our life so much that we wouldn't want to give it up for you. We know we don't deserve anything, but because of Christ, we get to have everything. 
life eternal, spending eternity with you. I have no idea what that's going to look like, but I am excited for it. So we just praise who you are. We thank you that you do not change. We can trust you to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't change the rules in midstream. We can look at your word and we know what you say is true. We just thank you for that, Lord. So even though America might not deserve to be saved, we're asking for her salvation. It said, you know, make disciples of nations, and we're asking that, that we would return to our foundation that was built on the word of God by imperfect men who sought you and sought your face. There's nobody yet that was qualified <laughs> to do your work, but you use us anyway, except for Jesus. He's the only one. So we thank you for this time that we have been able to come together. I don't know if we're done or not here. And so I'm just, I have, this old doxology has been running through my brain, so I'm going to say it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, you heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.